Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Koan, the dedicated OKR platform. And today I'm delighted to actually be joined by a member of the Koan team, uh, Matt Tucker. And we're going to be talking all about that shift in importance from maybe a paycheck to purpose. And specifically in the younger age group, are they really valuing purpose in work and maybe social purpose as well, more than necessarily a higher paycheck? We'll also talk about how reflection and goals and maybe ultimately OKRs can help drive people to kind of a culture of purpose as well. So just before we kick off, Matt, can you briefly introduce yourself to our audience, please? Hi, Jenny. Thanks so much for having me. And really excited about this topic uh, since our mission at Koan is to help teams and companies do more purposeful work. Uh, And I am the CEO and founder at Koan. Uh, We build software platform to help uh, teams set goals and reflect on progress. Perfect. That's exactly why I wanted you on this episode, Matt, because I know it's one of your key uh, key strap lines to make people work with more purpose. So great stuff. So um, right, we'll we'll dive in. Um, So Matt, why do you think we are seeing potentially a shift towards the importance of purpose in the workplace? And and can do you think that's linked to a more purposeful approach outside of the workplace as well? So people generally more aware of kind of the environment and issues and that kind of thing. Yeah. So there's this crazy stat that I think a lot of people have, have probably seen, which is that nine out of 10 workers would take less money for more purpose in their work. Uh, and that that's kind of a shocking number. And then you think about it and, and kind of makes sense. Like, yeah, I would probably do that too. And, but I think there's that, and I like your question because there are some broader trends and when you step back and every once in a while you, you can point to enough things out there like, wow, there's actually a tidal wave that's happening that maybe it's easy to, to not pay as close attention to. And I'll just point out a, a few things um, that we spend a lot of time thinking about. Uh, and obviously some of these things have been in the news. Uh, so there was a whole bunch of news coverage when uh, a third of the employees at Basecamp quit mm. uh, over uh, the discussion and uh, banning political uh, speech and topics. And there have been a lot of other companies uh, where you know, this fight is, is kind of come to the forefront. And, and obviously, the, all that's part of a, a broader conversation around a very deep reckoning around how hostile, frankly, we've created our work environments over time for women and minorities. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to do about it? Uh, so that's you know kind of in the workplace stuff. Uh, and then there's bigger things happening around. Well, what is the place of business in the world? Uh, and obviously, ESG investing has become a super important topic. Uh, environmental, social, and governance. Uh, and now a lot of companies are for the first time feeling a real imperative and even mm-hmm. legal judgments. Uh, around how they do business and the, the impact on the world. Uh, and even things like uh, in 2019, uh, 181 CEOs came together and signed a letter uh, that was actually kind of important, uh, stating uh, that, hey, our businesses are here to actually do more than just drive profit for shareholders. Yeah. And we have to think about um, what what all that means. And there, there's a lot more to point to, um, but uh, to me, all of these things are are kind of tied to that deeper trend and question of, oh, we have to rethink uh, what business means and our role in it and, and look for more purpose in business. Um, and, and maybe to kind of step back um, and as we think about it, and I think it might come down to two things. 
and the reason um, why we're all talking about purposeful business and and how to to create uh, different work cultures. And I, I think a lot of our conversation today might get down to what do we do in our business to create the right environment um, and how do we we thrive if we think about how to enable purposeful work. Uh, but you know, two two things I think really driving this. One is there are just some big problems in the world that can really only be solved if business is a part of the solution, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's climate change uh, or social uh, social justice changes. Um, and in many cases, employees are demanding uh, that those changes be made. And in many other cases, it's customers. Uh, so that that's driving a real impetus for having this conversation. Uh, and then the other piece, uh, and certainly the pandemic has been part of this, is our relationship with work is just different than it mm-hmm. was a few decades ago. Technology is part of it, but uh, work is a lot more integrated into our personal lives, uh, whether because it's the fact that we're working at home. Uh, and you and I were just chatting. You're actually in an office uh, today, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm here at my home office. Um, so you know, there's even where we work, but also the fact that our, our schedule is more flexible. Um, we might be doing an errand or caring for a child uh, one minute and then be in a meeting the next. Uh, and so all of that is causing us to rethink, hey, my life is my work. Uh, these yeah. things don't have to be, and they can't be as disjointed anymore. And therefore, I, I better find purpose in, in what I'm doing at work. Definitely. And I think we obviously we always speak about like kind of work life balance, but I almost think that's a thing that's gone. And it's just kind of like you need to prioritize throughout your day the things that you need to work on. So it's almost that getting the purpose from the work element is so important because it's such a big part of everyone's lives now. And obviously the tech and everything has enabled that because we're all so connected. So I completely agree. Absolutely. Kind of what you were saying there, Matt. So from your experience, obviously you work with a lot of organizations and kind of businesses globally. Um, do you think organizations are understanding the value and importance of purposeful work? I know we've just touched on that, but do you think most of them are kind of understanding that they're that's what their employees want? I think they do uh, because people vote with their feet <laughs> um, and you, know, you can quantify. And you know, even if you just think about it in economic terms, uh, you know, if if employees are, are disengaged, for example, what... What does that mean in terms of actual economic impact? Uh, and there are studies that tie you know, $450 billion in lost productivity in the U.S. alone on an annual basis to uh, lack of engagement at work uh, and a trillion dollars in cost uh, around attrition and needing to rehire employees and, and train them up into being effective, uh, again, just in the U.S. alone annually. Um, now, purposeful work is, is only one part of it, uh, but you know, in some sense, this is an imperative. If you want to make remote work actually function or even a hybrid workplace, uh, there's this uh, important idea that a lot of business leaders are understanding, which is we have to shift our culture from being output driven to outcome driven. And part of that is they're just not in the office. We don't know what people are working on. And so they better feel motivated. They better know the right things to work on. Uh, they better feel engaged in what they're doing or we're just not going to get the, the impact that we want to. Um, so I, I, I think there is an imperative and around it uh, for business uh, and businesses that know how to do this, see the impact uh, on their bottom lines and in the well-being of their, their employees. Mm-hmm. 
I think I think it's something that's definitely spoken about and recognised more when people are going for employment or jobs now is definitely in, internal brand is something that people are looking at definitely and kind of what the culture is of that business. And I think like we mentioned from the very off of this podcast episode, I think it's something that's almost becoming as high up, if not more important than what the figure is on the salary of that job description. So I think they've got to, they've got to recognise how important it is really. Um, exactly. So when- so when it comes to creating an environment where people understand their purpose, are there any kind of key steps that need to be taken in your kind of experience? Yeah, and and it, it's easy for this to sound just like a big abstract mm-hmm. thing, like, oh, we just need an amazing mission. Um, maybe all of our, our businesses need to be here to cure cancer. Uh, and, and that's not what this is. Um, you know, there are, uh, there is nuance and there are a lot of pieces to it. Uh, but we we spent some time at Koan thinking through uh, what we call the, the hierarchy of working with purpose, uh, which kind of breaks us down um, into a, a set of levels. And it's not that complicated. Um, and, uh, and kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of work up from the bottom. Um, so, so at the bottom is uh, this idea of prioritized intentional work, uh, which simply means I as an employee know what to work on and that I'm working on the most important things. Uh, And then above that uh, is autonomy and ownership, which means I actually feel ownership of the things that I work on and I have the autonomy uh, in how to achieve it. I'm not being told what to do. Uh, I'm told what the outcome we want to achieve is and then I get to go chase it. And if you get there, uh, that's great. That's a way better place. Mm -hmm. uh, Just those first two steps of the hierarchy than uh, unfortunately a lot of employees exist in. Uh, but then, you know, above that uh, is this idea of connectedness and alignment. So I know uh, that I'm not only working on the right things and I have ownership and autonomy, but I also know how my work is connected to the greater whole, uh, whether that's cross-functionally with the teams around me or, you know, even, wow, I'm doing something that affects the company in a positive way. That's amazing. Uh, and if you can do all that, uh, you unlock potentially the the top tier of this Um which is uh, this idea of mission. Uh, and you know, if you are really inspired by your company's mission and adopt it uh, as your own, that, that's just a whole different level of how you feel about work uh, and your impact uh, and you know, motivation and engagement. Yeah, and I think that kind of mission level, like you say, is I heard someone say something about they speak the language of the system or they speak the language of the brand. And once you kind of that embedded in something, you're almost kind of so bought in, like you say. Um, so all those kind exactly. of... Exactly. Le- Sorry. No, and I was just going to, to add, you know, part of, I think, this discussion is that you maybe need to actually start at the bottom and work your way up. Um, you know, I think a lot of uh, CEOs, for example, you know, it is a really good idea to, to think about mission statement and write it down and, and have some uh, you know, intention around that. But if that's the only thing you do, it's kind of an empty uh, activity. You know, it's, you know, we've written this mission statement, but nobody believes that it's real or that people care about it if you're missing the rest of that hierarchy. Yeah, well, like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, but we've seen kind of companies where the mission statement's written down maybe in the office or it's in like a company handbook, but no one knows what that mission statement is. It's kind of just kind of something that's there because it's a tick box kind of exercise. Like you say, people need to live and breathe it, don't they? Exactly. So that kind of hierarchy of that we've just spoke about, the kind of route through, I guess, um, I guess that re- does require a, well, a good level of psychological safety. And that's something that 
more and more organisations are starting to understand, I think. Um, so in terms of your experience, how important would you say the psychologically safe environment is when it comes to working with purpose? Yeah, and uh, it, it's critical uh, is the, the short answer. Um, and you know, that, this starts to get into, well, what do we da- do down at the team level to actually make purposeful work real and happen? Uh, and I think you know, thinking about what's happening down at the team level is, is kind of the secret of, of this whole thing. Um, you know, your relationship with your co-work, your teammates, uh, like your direct co-workers and your manager or your boss, and all sorts of studies tell us that that is what drives your engagement and your, your feeling of well-being at work uh, more than almost anything else. And if you want to create a purposeful work environment, if you don't get it right down at the team level, uh, then none of the rest of it's going to work very well. Um, so this idea of psychological safety. Um, so you know, I, every once in a while, I have to go and revisit the definition for myself, mm-hmm. um, which uh, it, it's kind of a simple idea. It's this um, idea that it's the belief that you won't be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes. Um, and if you, you think about it, like, yeah, uh, if I don't have that belief, I, I'm not going to do my best work. I'm not going to, to be very engaged. Uh, and so you know, it, it's kind of the, a fundamental step for unlocking the type of working relationship that lets us take risks, be creative, push the boundaries, uh, be our authentic selves, uh, and unlock some of the, those deeper um, you know, feelings which lead to purposeful work. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs. Helps your team achieve their objectives and key results, helps them get aligned, and it helps them stay engaged. Shared spreadsheets simply don't scale when you're using OKRs properly, and you're not going to have a maximum impact with them. But with Coant, you can scale your OKRs right across your entire company, keeping your team super motivated and moving everybody in the right direction. Roger, what's one of your favorite features about Koan? So the thing that I really love about Koan and have done ever since uh, I first saw it was how it really puts the conversation around OKRs at the heart of the system and it really helps stimulate that, which obviously brings really good collaboration. You know, they've got this uh, reflections feature which uh, helps uh, individuals really prepare for the uh, the team conversation which is going to come up where the collaboration is going to take place so I, 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 that would definitely be the thing for me which is the the killer feature of the system I'm just going to tap back into a couple of levels that you spoke about a little bit earlier so um, we mentioned autonomy and inclusion so for you does inclusion play a role I suppose yes it definitely does so how can we foster inclusion? Is there any kind of way we, we can make sure that everyone's included? And I think it's especially important for the last 18 months that we've all kind of lived through as inclusion may be slightly harder to foster whilst people are remote, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it certainly takes um, a lot of intention. You know, how do we run our Zoom meetings, for mm-hmm. example, um, so that everyone has a, has a voice? Um, and if uh, we're not in the workplace and you, know, you can't overhear what's happening in the hallways. Um, how do you, you know, create an environment where everybody knows what's happening and everybody's voice can be heard? Uh, and ultimately, you know, if you don't feel like you belong mm. in your team or at your company, it is not going to be possible to do purposeful work and it's not going to be possible to, to do great work. 
Um, and so we, we think about this topic a lot. And you know, I think we're going to get into a, a conversation about uh, goals and OKRs and uh, some of how you know, those behaviors perhaps you know, not, um, it's not just about more results and, and driving uh, more productivity. Like it's actually about uh, and can be about creating a work environment where people do feel like they're, they belong, where they do feel like their voice can be heard. Um, and it, uh, your question actually makes me want to go and revise our, our hierarchy of working with purpose, because uh, <laughs> I think there's um, a, a inclusion is a, a critical part of that, which is it's just a blocker if if mm. you don't uh, if you don't foster it if that's not working well. Um, there's no way you're going to help people feel connected to the mission of your company ultimately. I think it's something that's really interesting at the moment as well, inclusion, because potentially. I don't know what it's like in the States, but definitely in the UK, we've got this situation where some people want to return to the office, some people want to stay remote. And it's kind of how do we not end up in a place where the people that return to the office are more included? And it's kind of really a conscious effort to get around that. And almost I can see kind of potentially in some organizations like um, bias around kind of promotions and stuff like that, just because you're simply visible. And that's kind of leading me on to my next bit about how the OKR process supports the shift to more purposeful work. So really how can OKRs help, I guess, this whole remote being back in the office, but really purposeful work. Yeah, and uh, certainly no no secret to listeners of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you follow anything about that, the methodology of, of There Be Giants, that if you intend to use OKRs for command and control, it is going to fail mm-hmm. fantastically. Uh, it is just not a, a great way of, of trying to dictate to people exactly mm-hmm. what they should be doing from a, a task perspective. And anyone that tries to implement OKRs uh, in that way uh, with cascading goals, uh, for example, uh, it, it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, but uh, if you do it the right way, OKRs are just this amazingly powerful tool for for creating a, a more purposeful workplace. Um, and I, I guess I would start, you know, down relating back to this hierarchy of working with purpose, and you know, where do OKRs fit into to each part of this hierarchy? Um, you know, step one if you actually bother to write down the outcomes that you want to achieve and make it even possible to focus, uh, you have this idea of prioritize and intentional work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if all you do is, oh my gosh, there's a million tasks coming in um, all the time and I don't know which one is most important and I'm just firefighting and I might be working on one thing one day and another thing the other day and I, I don't know what is the important one, that is miserable. Um, and so, you know, step one, we can actually define what's most important and, and focus on that. Uh, that creates this, this possibility of um, you know, the base level um, purposeful work. Uh, but then you very quickly get to some more interesting uh, ideas here. Uh, and you know, one of the most non-intuitive thing about OKRs for people that start using the, this goal methodology in the, the early days is you create your outcome. So that's the, the quantitative you know, thing. This, this is the objective I want to achieve. Uh, it's this uh, uh, big thing. And then you create key results. Um, and the, the normal way we do goal setting uh, in our personal lives, uh, a lot of us anyway, is like we think about the thing we want to do, and then we come up with a list of tasks yeah. uh, or the plan for how to achieve it. Um, and OKR Framework says, don't do that. <laughs> uh, instead... Uh, our key results are how we're going to measure whether we achieve the objective or not. 
And the really cool thing about doing that and, and creating that environment for for your employees and your team is that it unlocks autonomy. Um, so you've agreed on what you want to achieve, you've agreed on how you want to measure it, and then you get to explicitly turn over to employees, hey, you own this thing, you get to create the plan. I'm not telling you how to do it, uh, but let's let's hit this together and unlock creativity and unleash um, you know, ourselves to do more purposeful work, feel that ownership, uh, and that's how you suddenly get to unlock that next level um, of, of purposeful work using OKRs. I think like you say as well, I think giving people, so you've created these things together. So people are bought in from the start and then it's kind of like you run with it and you innovate. So let's get us to that place for the key results. So I think straight away, it's like, right, what can I do? Or what can we do as a team to get there rather than thinking, oh, someone else might do that or someone else in the company is responsible for that. That's not my role. So it's kind of really gives people that impetus to want to get there. Um, So I think there's transparency around accountability from a positive sense, uh, focus, um, all these things to to know that the right way to do it. And, you know, this is is the magic, uh, so to to speak, of OKRs is not only do we get to get more done, we can create an environment that is more purposeful and that does create more inclusion well-being. And the inclusion piece is, I, I think, really interesting. Um, you know, if you structure your OKRs process, um, such that you create some regular processes um, and you know, clarity around here are the people that are working on, on this goal, and you know, there might be one person that's leading it, but a whole team or even a cross-functional team of people contributing to it. If you explicitly ask for their opinion and input on the goal and make them be part of it, that's a really tangible and cool way to create a more inclusive environment around some of the things that matter the most uh, to the company, which is strategic goals. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. In fact, um, and I'm kind of thinking about people that are listening to this and I would imagine a lot of them have implemented OKRs. I would imagine a lot of them are kind of working with them. But if someone is listening to this and they haven't implemented OKRs yet, would you suggest to kind of get them on the road to more purposeful work? And would you suggest introducing a cadence of just communication reflection as a good start rather than kind of just diving in with maybe OKRs straight away? Yeah, I, I, there's lots of... Um... And if you need more advice about how OKRs and uh, and figure out how to, to get started with the pilot or where you get started, there are lots of great content I know that and it is part of Giant Talk with great advice about this. Um, but I think you you ask an important question and especially around um, purposeful work, kind of like that we were discussing around you know, a mission statement. Like yeah. if you write it down and you put it on the poster and office uh, with um, you know the stock photo, it doesn't have a lot of meaning or impact for people. And sadly, uh, the exact same thing gets done goals all too often. Yeah, uh, which is you have this big planning exercise and you write it all down, and uh, then nobody looks at the goals in the spreadsheet um, ever again until the next planning session. Uh, and I don't know, that that might actually be worse than not having a a goals or OKRs process at all Mm -hmm. Uh, because you you do a bunch of busy work, which has no value. That kind of sucks. Uh, You you kind of almost um, do a bait and switch on people. Like we declared these things as the most important things and then we ignore them and work on other stuff. 
Uh, and so all that to say, um, this idea of actually creating a cadence and integrating goals into how you're actually working as a team is actually the most important part of the whole process uh, itself, especially if you want to actually create a, a more purposeful work environment. Uh, and I often give people the advice, you know, having the perfect goals doesn't really matter that much. Um, as long as you create this um, cadence and a learning feedback loop where you just mm. keep getting better at it every time. Because mm. if you are really terrible at setting goals now, um, but you do put in the time to uh, reflect on them and uh, turn it into, incorporate it into team meetings, like all the, all the good behaviors, you're going to be great at it um, probably two to three quarters from now because you'll have learned so much on the way. Yeah, and I think I think I mentioned this phrase in every podcast we do, but um, it's completely like something we advocate. So the Tesla and adapt. So don't expect to be perfect at something straight away. It's always kind of and it's always evolving and can always get better. So like you say, kind of get into a cadence and then learn from what you did last quarter and then implement that next quarter, et cetera, et cetera. So um, definitely something that we over at TVG advocate as well. Um, exactly. So finally, the last thing I wanted to touch on with you, Matt, was what's the one thing that provides purpose for you every day? I'm not sure if it's a cheesy answer, but, <laughs> but it's a true answer. Uh, and uh, I would definitely my family. Um, yeah. we're, we're lucky enough to have two, two young children, uh, a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a five-year-old, and, and seeing the world through their eyes um, as they discovered and explored and, and getting to be a part of that uh, is just uh, an amazing thing as a parent. Yeah, I completely agree. I was going to say, I was going to add something from my end, but I suppose it's definitely about that wider picture, like you say, the wider world picture and kind of how what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis maybe impacts that to make it better in the future for next generations, et cetera. So, oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What impact do we have on the world um, yeah. such that we're, we're perhaps creating, making it slightly better for them? Exactly. Yeah. We're all kind of small parts, but all the small parts come together to make a big impact. So, um, I think I completely agree exactly. with you there. Right, uh, that's come to the end of the episode. Um, I think really useful chat around kind of purposeful work and how OKRs can help there. So thank you for joining me today, Matt. Um, uh, thanks so much for the opportunity. No, no problem at all. As always, guys, if you have kind of any feedback on the episode or would love to, we'd love you to leave us a review on any of the podcast platforms. So pop on and find us at Giant Talk or leave us a comment, leave us a comment on our LinkedIn or social channels. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Giant Talk. Thank you very much.